Welcome back to Recalibre Agency. I'm your host, Danielle Photo. And today I have with me Lisa Reed. She is the founder of Get Speaking Gigs Now. Welcome, Lisa. And we're going to talk today about how to attract new clients, which every agency needs to be doing, and specifically how to do that through public speaking opportunities and building out your personal brand a little bit. So Lisa, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into the space of helping owners with their speaking gigs? Oh, thank you, Danielle. So excited to be here. Yes, I started speaking professionally about 10 years ago, um, and I started with zero speaking gigs, zero clients, <laughs> like a lot of us would start. And in my first year, booked 83 speaking engagements in my local area. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're like, oh, this is kind of easy. I don't think it's any big deal. Well, people kept asking me for support, for help. Like, how did you do that? What are you doing? And then eventually Get Speaking Gigs Now was born because I realized, oh, well, clearly you could have the best message in the world, but if no one hears it, it's not gonna do a gosh darn thing. So I started writing down and capturing all the tips and strategies and techniques that I would use. And now I teach other people in my speakers training academy how to do that. I love how it was born out of just this natural knack that you had and other people recognized it because a lot of agency owners really struggle with imposter syndrome. And I think that keeps them back from even investigating the idea of speaking opportunities. What's your perspective? I think there's such a stigma around public speaking. Oftentimes, as soon as I say what I do, they're like, oh, people fear that more than death. And I'm like, I, some people do, I guess, <laughs> but there are a lot of people who secretly are dreaming about it. They see a speaker up there and they think I should be up there. I've got so many things I could share. I just, and maybe they just don't know how to get started or how to get the ideas from inside their mind to on the paper, you know, digital paper, if you will, or on a PowerPoint slide or however it is that they're going to be delivering that message. But once we start to what I call get your talk ready to rock, it all becomes clear. Often I'll use a metaphor of like, when someone's talking to me, they're like, oh, I've got all these ideas. It's just like my head is spinning. I've got so many things and going on. I, just, I don't know what I should talk about. Should I talk about this, 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 this? And I'm like, it's like you have a garage and all the stuff's in a big pile. And I'm like, it's okay. We're just going to put things in some boxes, you know, we're going to put your expertise on this in a box and we're going to put expertise in here. And each of those boxes might be a talk. It might be an opportunity for you to share that expertise. And then when you start to realize, oh, wait, I can repurpose this. Like it's not just a talk virtual or in person. Maybe it's a program. Maybe it's also a book. Maybe it's a blog. Maybe it's a you know, your social media posts, of course, <laughs> in marketing, we're like, oh yeah, I could repurpose this to infinity. So pretty exciting when you start to think about it that way. Absolutely. And well, let's start there. So um, identifying how you need to box up the different ideas that are kind of jumbling around in your head. If there's an agency leader that's starting there, they've got their pile in the garage how many boxes should they be trying to fill? Is there like five to seven well, or however honestly, many? Yeah, you. I always recommend starting with one signature talk first, especially if you're newer to speaking. 
it's almost like if you were trying to learn how to ride a bike, a skateboard, roller skates, ice skates all at the same time, you're like, well, hold on, let's just, let's pick one, get your momentum down, and then you can move to the next one. You could still know how to do all those things. And so sometimes you can feel like a little like, oh, I have to have three. Well, three is three times the writing, three times the slides, three times the practicing. When you haven't even done one yet, like I, to me, that seems a waste of time. So get that one down that's like this, if everyone knew this thing, that would really be helpful to people and it would also draw business. So that, that that's the difference in the game that the speaking game that I'm recommending business owners play. It's like, what's gonna actually help move the needle on your business? And so let's start there. I would say, let's like go low hanging fruit first. Then if you wanna do a talk about your hobby of crocheting mittens, fine. But like, let's focus on the business one first. Absolutely. And a lot of that comes down to really just becoming known for something, right? So that other people have you top of mind in different situations so that they can bring you into the loop on it or connect you with someone and you get those speaking opportunities. What happens to the agency owner that is literally like all over the place, what can they expect to happen? Well, that is a lot of entrepreneurs, just (laughs) not solely agency owners, but man, I know we're balancing a ton of activities and exercises and talents. And we're kind of good at multitasking, if you will. Right. So it's again, getting focused on the one thing that is really going to move the needle. And once that happens, like, for example, I do this uh, session called get your talk ready to rock. And so I'm used to this conversation all the time, where it's like, they're coming in with all these ideas they are swirling around. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I have so many thoughts. I I can't. And I go like, it's okay. We're just going to capture them. I'm going to help you capture those. And then I'm really good at organizing them. So it's like, great. Okay. These fit, these don't. What if we went here and I'm not doing anything without that person's permission. I'm not writing something for them that they wouldn't love. It's really actually allowing them to share their brilliance. And then I'm just there to capture it and help organize it. That's one of my gifts. So once we organize it and we start collaborating on, okay, how do we want to position this? Then all of a sudden things get really, really clear and all the flurry in someone's mind immediately just like starts to calm down and you're like, okay, this is the thing. This is what I'm going to talk about. And then you're like, got it. Now I know where I should be speaking because we start working on that and it starts to snowball after that. Absolutely. The money word is positioning because once you're positioned, you know what your direction is. So you know who to be reaching out to, you know, even what to be, what events to be attending, even if you're not ready to quite speak there, you can start attending at some of those events. But when it comes to that, that next step, after you've identified what your core talk is going to be, how do you start securing those speaking gigs? That's the golden question, isn't it, Danielle? Well, once we get, there's so many different things that we can do um, to do that. What I have found with my clients is that once we're, once we're sure on what we're going for, like, what is this talk for? Who is it for? What's the point? How does this fit into your business? All of a sudden you start to see massive treasure in your 
we'll call Rolodex if you're if you're over, I don't know, if you're Gen X or above, right? <laughs> In your age, like, oh yeah, I know what a Rolodex is. Or your list of contacts, for example, if you're millennial and below. Um, I don't mean below, above that one is better than the other, you know, younger, older, right? And then all of a sudden you know what to ask for. You know, you're coming to the table with something. So you're not, uh, quite often, here's what happens. Someone will get asked to speak when they're not ready and they're like, <gasps> and they will avoid that responding. They will just be like, oh, I'm really busy right now. I can't because they don't have it ready. Um, and so they're not prepared. But once you're prepared, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I should call Bob over here and Sue over there. And you all of a sudden you're starting to see these, I call it the blinders are off and speaking opportunities are like, you're starting to trip over them realizing, wow, if I got into that conference or if I got into that particular annual event or semi-annual event or maybe some virtual things, it, it, you just can't help but see all the opportunities and you know what to say because now you can say, this is my talk. This is what I do it on. It'll be really great. And um, you're more confident. Yeah. Addressing the question of what's in it for them for the event coordinator and whoever yeah. is lining up the speakers for the event is really important to you're selling your yourself as a speaker. And so you have to make sure that there's value in it for them too, that you're making their life easier, that you're, you're being a good speaker and a good candidate for them. So yes. when you're pitching, do you recommend kind of looking at it like it is sales prospecting in a way, or do you go about it slightly differently? Uh, it really depends on the venue, the person, the situation. I try to help my clients avoid cold, cold calling it all <laughs> in all cases as much as possible. So what we want to do is work smart, not hard, in my opinion. And once you start to clarify what you're doing and you know who it would be good for, those conversations, those, whether it's an email or a virtual meeting or a phone call or a texting or whatever, become really easy. And you start to, when I say the snowball effect, once you start showing up as the speaker who's prepared, who's giving tons of value, uh, showing up um, ready to go, not being that person who didn't get the stuff into the event planner, um, you do get a really good reputation. In fact, I was out walking my dog this morning and I got a speaking engagement via text because this person has seen me speak before. She's in my circle. She's planning something new and thought of me. That's the kind of effects that I look for to create for my clients. Yeah. And that's what event coordinators are doing when they plan speaker lineups. They're saying, okay, what is the topic of the event and who do I know that is remotely related to this topic? Like that's, that's yeah, how they I go know about that's gonna, it. Yeah. That's going to show up. The event coordinator wants, here's what they don't want. They do not want to hear, oh my gosh, that speaker was horrible. Uh, why did you pick that person? Right. <laughs> it's valuable real estate. <laughs> yeah. They've, they've got tickets to sell. Like they're selling real estate and it's got to be premium so that they can get people in the door. Absolutely. So, okay. Let's talk about kind of the negative side of things. What happens and how can you prepare yourself emotionally when you don't get a yes, or you don't get all of these invitations right away? 
how can you build up your resilience to hearing no, or even just silence on the other end of the line? Oh, yes. Well, if you've been in sales before, you probably already have a little callous, you know, for that, like you're not as sensitive. If you're new to sales, that can be tricky because we can start to doubt ourselves and think like, oh my gosh, no one wants to hear my thing or my talk is lame, whatever. Like we start to question and doubt ourselves, especially when we're in a bubble, like working on our own and sort of just suffering silently. One of the things that when we go through the speakers training academy, we talk about this all the time. I'm like, it's, it's your speakers kryptonite starting to show up. It's not about you. Guess what? People are busy. They are not sitting there going, oh, that was horrible. I can't stand that topic. I'm deleting this email. No, they probably have like 150 emails they're trying to get through. So it's okay to be persistent, but not, you don't want to be a stalker either. You know, there's certain ways that you follow up professionally. And really when you come from a place of how can I serve, how can I help you make a great event or is this a problem that you need solving? You're going to get a lot more yeses than you are no's. In fact, I, I often do what I call a one call close. Like let's both get this off of our to-do items, right? Like they don't want to not decide on the speaker. They want to get it taken care of because they've got so, so many other tasks to take care of. So you're actually doing them a favor. But this is sometimes an issue just because you send out a ton of emails or content, you know, again, this is that cold emailing process. It might be something in your email that is off-putting. So sometimes it's a simple little shift that we make. And I do this together. I show them the templates of like what I actually send out to people or what worked for me for hundreds of times. I've given over 600 talks. And we can craft it together. This is for people in my speakers training academy. We'll actually craft the email together. I'm like, we'll start with the template and then make it your own. You don't be me. You got to be you. <laughs> like, be, be a human. You're dealing with humans. Yeah. What, what are, um, what are some of the best ways to get past some of the imposter syndrome that will start to crop up over time because it, especially among creatives that are now running agencies, imposter syndrome is such a, I'm going to call it debilitating because it really can be so debilitating for them in their business development and relationship building efforts. So how can, um, how can speaking and getting gigs actually kind of help? Well, I, like I said, I call it the speaker's kryptonite. So we all have it. We all have some kind of kryptonite, whether it's imposter syndrome, whatever we want to call it. And one of the best ways to overcome that is to actually stare it right in the face. If you imagine it's like the imaginary monster under your bed, you've got to like get out of bed, pull up the cut, you know, that little dust ruffle thing on the bottom of the bed and look at that monster straight in the face. Meaning what are you telling yourself that, you know, when you're, you know, in your adult higher conscious thinking isn't true. And is that I'm not good enough. I'm waiting for people. I, what if no one wants to hear my thing? What if they don't like me? What if I fail? What if I look stupid? What, you know, all those, we all have our own little teeny tiny flavor of that. 
So you have to get honest with yourself about what is that voice? Because it's like kind of a three-year-old, if you've ever had a three-year-old in your life, they don't really take no for an answer. They want what they want, right? So you need to address that three-year-old, let the temper tantrum be heard, like let the, okay, I hear you. You're talking to yourself, but right, we're pretending it's this other part of you. I hear you. I see where you would be scared about that. I see why you'd be worried or upset about that. Got it. Okay. Well, what else do we know? And you kind of like almost parent yourself. Again, this is tricky when we're in it. It's a little easier now. We're not triggered right now, so we're good. But developing that practice is the quickest way to get yourself back on track. No, you're awesome. You've got an agency. You're kicking butt. Look what you've created. <laughs> you can yeah. do this. You have value. Yeah. All those I, taking stock of some of the wins that you have had, even if they're not like on the stage speaking engagements, you know, wins with podcasts that you've been on. And, and if you haven't gone on podcasts, you can start there too. If that's a smaller baby step for you. Um, the other thing is that principle of, you know, talking to the, the three-year-old version of yourself, that's freaking out internally. Um, that's a really great coping mechanism for a lot of other things in your business too. And, especially um, behavioral psychologists, they talk about using that technique all the time to overcome all forms of anxiety. So you can definitely apply that in this use case. I'm really glad you brought that up, Lisa. So let's, now that you've secured some speaking gigs, how do you make sure that you are a successful speaker that becomes well-known and appreciated and sought after? Well, one of the secrets to speaking is speaking gets speaking. So once you're out there, you tend to get more because someone in the audience will see you and they're like, you know, you would be great at this event. Well, it's probably an event you've never heard of. And that's how it starts. That's how I went from zero to 83 in the first year, not even knowing what I was doing, to be honest, right? And that's how I've continued to book year after year after year, 50 plus speaking engagements without cold calling. You know, I did cold call in that first year, but you just keep doing it. And it's kind of like back to the imposter syndrome. Like if you never, if you thought about tying your shoes and you're like, this is just too hard. I'm never going to get it. It's never going to happen. Like, well, you know, you got a little bit better and better and better. And then eventually you became unconsciously competent. And that's how it is for speaking. Do it a bunch of times. I always say the first hundred, it's not a hard and fast rule, but man, you learn a lot in your first hundred speaking engagements. That's plenty of opportunities for things to go completely sideways. And you go, oh, okay. Well, I've never had this experience before, but we made it. Nobody died, right? Like we're okay. (laughs) They bought stuff anyway. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody died legitimately. Like most things that we fret over are not even that big of a deal and, um, done is definitely better than perfect so that you are starting to build that momentum for sure. Um, so Lisa, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to hear what's going on in your world. Is there anything super exciting that you and your team have been working on lately? There is. And you know, this podcast will go down in posterity for a long time, but it happens to be mid 2023 right now. And I've had a group called the OC Speakers Network for 10 years. It'll be 10 years in November. 
OC stands for Orange County, and we are in the middle of merging together with the International Speaker Network. So I will be the new CEO of that organization. So it's really exciting. We're in the middle of the, the process. We're having um, some fun, we like crossover mashup events together and, and bring those two communities together. Very exciting for speakers. That is super exciting. And is there some place that people can go to learn more about that? Or is that still being pulled together? Um, they still, <laughs> it's like, I know the website, you can certainly find the information on getspeakinggigsnow.com because I know whatever email or whatever website we end up changing it to or keeping or whatever will be available there. Perfect. Well, thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Is there any other piece of advice or wisdom that you'd like to share with agency owners that want to start speaking and, and getting started on that journey? I think, think about what makes your heart sing. That's what my dad used to always say, do what makes your heart sing. What out of your experience really lights you up and that you wish everyone knew that would be a great place to start because your perspective is yours. It's unique. Nobody else has your same perspective. Great advice, Lisa. And I want to cover a couple other golden nuggets that Lisa shared in the episode, because they're so foundational to everything that you're doing in business, not just speaking, but they're, they're so applicable everywhere. And the first is you have to start somewhere. And so make your list and start reaching out, use relationships and position yourself well on a core focus so that you have a direction, a place to go and kind of a guiding light of, of the path that you're walking. The next aspect of it is fighting that imposter syndrome, that monster under the bed, that crazy three-year-old version of you. You really are going to have to fight them if you're struggling with speaking. And I know a lot of you out there are struggling with that. You want your ideas to be heard. You want to be seen and recognized for the contributions you have for the marketplace and the world, but you have to kind of talk yourself down off that ledge first, and you definitely can. So start that process, start reinforcing in your mind the accomplishments that you have had in your in your time uh, as an agency leader and in other places so that you're encouraging yourself instead of you know talking down to yourself. And finally, as you are going about this, just remember that uh, as Lisa says, speaking leads to speaking. So it will get easier over time. Keep at it and don't give up at the beginning just because that's the hardest part. So Lisa, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing what you had uh, to say today. That's all for today on Recalibre Agency. I'm your host, Danielle Photo. Cheers until next time.